Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. 20 degrees and mostly clear here at 509 in Northeast Pennsylvania on this Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Um, well, this morning, uh, this morning, 11, yeah, it was this morning, 11 o'clock this morning. It's been a long day for me, folks. Uh, give, me, give me a little bit here. Uh, there was a press conference at Scranton Police Headquarters on an update into the investigation of the incidents that involved the shooting of Detective Kyle Gilmartin of the Scranton Police Department, who thankfully, and the greatest news of the day, his, he's still in critical, but they say he's progressing amazingly, uh, which is always great to hear. And um, being that he was shot twice in the head above the right eye, one of the bullets entered his, his head between the scalp and the skull. The second round that entered him uh, did pierce the skull, entering the frontal lobe of his uh, front of his brain. Uh, there were surgeries that took place to remove the shrapnel and remove the bullet and remove uh, some of the pressure and swelling. In regards, deemed that that was successful, and he's since showing improvement, still in critical condition. Uh, so that's first and foremost, uh, in in my mind anyway, and it should be in anyone's mind. As far as the update in the situation, the police did arrest today Aiden Gabriel Dettinger, who is the individual that was in Geisinger CMC as well with gunshot wounds. He was charged today and arraigned today, and the affidavit released, and an update was done. If you follow me on social media, I have. I was at the press conference at 11 o'clock today. I did take video of that press conference. It's broken into three parts. You have the first part where it is uh, Major Mike Carroll, the Pennsylvania State Police, giving an investigative update. You have Chief Thomas Carroll of the Scranton Police Department giving an overall update and commending the community and his staff at the Scranton Police Department, which I, I cannot tout enough. And you also had Mark, Mike, uh, Mark Powell the uh, district attorney for Lackawanna County, give an update as far as the investigation. To walk you through what had happened here, uh, somewhere at about 11 o'clock on January 10th, there was a car that was broken into and a wallet taken. Uh, The individual who owned the car and the wallet noticed that his credit card, his debit card, he got an alert on his phone that it was being used at a convenience store. He did... uh, Noticed then that his wallet was missing, taken from his vehicle that was parked at another convenience store in Scranton. Uh, He then traveled to the convenience store where his card was used, asked to see their surveillance camera. They did show it to him, and he saw two individuals that were near his vehicle when he he was at the place where his his wallet was stolen. Uh, Police got involved. He dialed 911. Police did look um, at the video as well, surveillance video. And then at approximately 11.50 that night, there was a 911 call on Harrison Avenue about gunshots reported 
in the vicinity of her residence. Police responded. They did not find evidence of gunshots. Eight minutes later, they received another 911 call of gunshots being fired in Prospect Avenue in Scranton. They responded and did fire find evidence of gunfire in the area uh, during a canvas of the area. Uh, resident of Scranton did approach the police and provide video surveillance of a dark-colored sedan running a stop sign at the intersection of Prospect and uh, Orchard Avenue. During the same times, Scranton police detectives began to monitor individual postings on Instagram Live video. It turns out the individual using the Instagram Live username was later identified as Jeremiah Cleveland. Jeremiah Cleveland's the individual they arrested uh, two days ago in connection with the two earlier shootings. Uh, he was talking about the shootings taking place. He was challenging people to come to Mayfield and and beef it out with him. You know, come shoot it out for me, fight me, blah, blah, blah. You know, the tough guy, uh, you know, I'm 140 pounds soaking wet, 5 nothing, and uh, probably, you know, have nothing to my life. So I'm going to, you know, be a tough guy on social media. He is seen in those videos with the suspect who was just arrested, Aiden Denninger. Scranton police observed the live stream on Instagram from a Sheets gas station on Meredith Street in Carbondale Township. Police traveled to the location, Sheets, to obtain video surveillance. They did find video surveillance with that car matching the description of the car that ran the stop sign in Scranton earlier after the gunshots and were able to get a partial plate due to investigative Efforts, they were able to identify a vehicle through the partial plate, get a make and ma- license plate number, get a make and model of the car, who it was, uh, who it was uh, assigned to, who it was registered to, and such like that. On January 11th, at approximately 4.30 in the morning, again, this is five hours later, the 10th into the 11th, the shooting took place at 11 o'clock, 11.50 at night. Just after the wallet was taken, uh, that morning, 4.30 in the morning, Cleveland, Jeremiah Cleveland, posted another Instagram Live video stating that the shooting was going to occur near Austin, uh, Orchard Street in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Scranton police officers assembled and traveled to that area in hopes to find that gray 2006 Ford Fusion bearing a plate registration that they had. I'm not going to give it. It's redacted here anyway, but I'm not going to give it to you here. At one point on live video, an Instagram user joined the video and gets into a beef saying that, yo, they could fight it out somewhere else. At 4.38 in the morning on January 11th, Scranton police locate the gray 2006 Ford Fusion bearing the PA registration that they were searching for in a parking lot at the intersection of North Swetland Street and North Main Avenue. The vehicle was uh, the vehicle was unoccupied, and officers began to search the area for anyone involved with the vehicle. While searching the immediate area for anyone associated with the fusion, Scranton Police Detective Kyle Gilmartin, Detective Sergeant Lafferty, and Detective Hyler were traveling in the same vehicle, black Chevrolet Impala sedan with LED police light bars mounted inside the front and rear windshields. Detective Kyle Gilmartin 
was seated in the front passenger seat, Detective Sergeant Lafferty in the front driver's seat, and Detective Hyler in the rear passenger seat. They were encountered by an individual later identified as Aiden Denninger, who was just arrested, on Decker Court between Swetland and Howell Street without warning the suspect then discharged a firearm five times at close proximity, close proximity at the officers through the passenger side windows of their vehicle, which resulted in Detective Gilmartin being struck in the head twice. The bullets fired by Denninger struck the passenger side front and rear windows as well as the pillars behind the front and rear doors. Detective Sergeant Lafferty returned fire and struck Denninger. Denninger attempted to flee on foot back towards the 2006 Ford Fusion, but collapsed near the vehicle and was ultimately taken into custody. Lying next to the vehicle, a 38 Special Snub-Nosed style revolver was recovered next to Denninger. Denninger was observed to be wearing the black hooded Nike sweatshirt. Following the shooting, Detective Gilmartin and the suspect were both transported to CMC Hospital in Scranton. And the investigation goes on from there. Um, Talks about the doctors at neurosurgery. The detective arrived at Geisinger Emergency Room at 4.55 hours, was listed in critical condition. Detective Gilmartin suffered two gunshot wounds to the head above his right eye. One bullet lodged underneath his scalp in his skull. The other bullet traveled through the skull, through the frontal lobe, and still lodged in the rear of Detective Gilmartin's brain. Detective Gilmartin had undergone surgeries to his head, skull, and brain area in the last 12 hours to remove the bullet from his head and relieve the swelling in his brain. Dr. Jacobs described the injury as life, a life-threatening injury. That life-threatening injury now is critical but stable condition, and they're saying that he's doing extremely well considering the conditions he's at. So where are we at now? And, and again, you could see the videos of the press conference from my Facebook page, Rob O'Donnell, if you want to look at them yourself. Where are we now? They arrested this Jeremiah Cleveland two days ago. He is arrested for the two earlier shootings. Now, he is in, connected with these, this individual now, but the, not connected directly at this time with the shooting of Detective Gil Martin. That's Jeremiah Cleveland, who was uh, given a Mayfield address. Now we have Aiden Denninger, who did, in fact, open fire on the officers, what they're calling an ambush style from close proximity, approaching the vehicle, not trying to flee, aggressively approached the vehicle at close range and opened fire, possibly emptying his, his gun. Five shots were fired. They found him with a revolver. Revolvers are mostly five or six shots. So I'm assuming possibly emptied his gun into the car. Uh, before they were able to return fire and take custody and striking Detective Gil Martin. From everything I've heard, and I've heard pretty much a lot of the evidence involved with this, I've heard the police radio transmissions from this event. I'm reading through the investigative paperwork now, the encompassing investigation from school resource officers to responding patrol officers to 
the DA's office and the state police investigators and the search warrants for social media profiles and connecting it all together. And citizens who got cameras saw something and said something and got camera video footage of the original shooting of a house earlier that got a partial description of a car to where they were able to connect that to the Instagram live videos, who were able to connect that to a local Sheets in Carbondale, then get a partial license plate number, run it through their computer systems based on the the color possible make in a year-ish they had, and come down with a uh, description that they needed to find. Scranton police were out there looking for these individuals, found that car, and as they were just about to start looking for who was involved with that car, here comes this Aiden Denninger, 20-year-old, male white from Old Forge with connections to Miss Nicholson, blue eyes, brown hair, 180 pounds, 5'11", walks up and opens fire on these officers. Uh, So he's been formally charged. Uh, The DA did mention something about a possible juvenile being taken into custody in the near future. We'll see where that leads us. And we'll see where the investigation goes. But like I've said from the start, we're going to let the investigators do their job and let the facts come out as they may. A lot of information came out today. Uh, I'm going to post some pictures of it on my social media when I get home later today. Uh, So you'll be able to read the affidavit yourself. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 527, 20 degrees outside and mostly clear. Uh, So all in all, this suspect that was arraigned today that has been in the hospital since the day of the event in critical but stable condition himself, Aiden Denninger, uh, is facing 13 felonies and four misdemeanors, so 17 charges altogether. Uh, And we'll see where that leads us and uh, see where the investigation takes us as we move forward. Um, But that's, that's the latest update. And again, you could see the press conference yourself. I know a lot of the media agencies have it out there, but if you go to my Facebook, I broke it down into three videos. The Pennsylvania State Police Major, the Police Chief of Scranton, and the District Attorney for Lackawanna County. Those videos are up there. Something uh, I just don't know how we get here again, but did you see the story that a Chinese lab has crafted a mutant COVID-19 strain with a 100% kill rate in humanized mice? Surprisingly rapid death. In a Wuhan-esque study, Chinese scientists are experimenting with a mutant COVID-19 strain that is 100% lethal to humanized mice. The deadly virus, known as GXP2V, attacked the brains of the mice that were engineered to reflect genetic makeup similar to people, according to a study shared last week out of Beijing. This underscores the slipover risk of GXP2V, to humans and provides a unique model for understanding the pathogen mechanism of SARS-CoV-2-related viruses, the author wrote. Really? The deadly virus is a mutated version of GX2017, a coronavirus cousin that was reportedly discovered in the Malaysian pangolins in 2017, three years before the pandemic. The pangolins, also called scaly Anteaters are mammals found in warm areas of the planet. The mice that were infected with the virus died within just eight days, which researchers noted was a surprisingly rapid death rate. Why why are we messing with it? I mean, not we, but why is China messing with this? Um, The GX 
P2V had infected the lungs, bones, eyes, tracheas, and brains of the dead mice, the last two of which were severe enough to ultimately cause the death of the animals. In the days before the death, the mice had quickly lost weight, exhibited hunched posture, and moved sluggishly. Most eerie of all, their eyes turned completely white the day before they died. Uh, I believe we saw a movie on this a couple times. Uh, Although terrifying, the study is the first of its kind to report a 100% mortality rate in mice affected with the COVID-19-related virus. Um, I just, again, I I just don't get this. A lot of scientists don't get this. The absence of... the absence of this information raises the concerning possibility that part of all of this research, like the research in Wuhan in 2016-2019 that likely caused the COVID-19 pandemic, recklessly was performed without the minimal biosafety containment and practices essential for the research within potential pandemic pathogens. Rutger University Professor of Chemistry and Chemical Biology Richard H. Ebright backed up those concerns with the word concur. Dr. Ginaldi Gilinski, a retired professor of medicine at Stanford, wrote, this madness must be stopped before it's too late. The 2024 study does not appear to have ties to China's Wuhan Institute of Virology, which was the center of lag leap theories surrounding the COVID-19. U.S. intelligence agencies over the summer found no direct evidence the lab leaked the coronavirus though they did not rule out the possibility the virus came from a different one. But yet we still have China messing with now a more deadly coronavirus that kills pretty much everything in a week and turns your eyes white. Something to think about. I haven't learned a thing. It's 531 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the news with Paul Michaels. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910980 AM. It's 20 degrees, mostly clear outside at 536. So the U.S., the Biden administration, is relisting the Yemen Houthis as a specially designated global terrorist organization. Uh, something I've been asking, and the military experts that have been part of the show have been asking for months. Uh, The Biden administration, shortly after taking office, delisted the Houthis as a terrorist organization, uh, basically as an appeasement to Iran during their negotiations for that. But one of the simplest things they could have done, and just finally did it after over 180 attacks, some directly at our military, is to relist them as a specially designated global terrorists. Uh, is there any real bite to it? Not under this administration, there's not. But it really, Unless we're willing to act on it, unless we're willing, th- th- listen. There's things that need to be done here. We need to increase. We need to reinstitute the sanctions on Iran. Adding the Houthis back to the terrorist watch list is a good step in conjunction with others. We also need to start inspecting vessels coming and going from Iran. I mean that the incident that we talked about yesterday, where we still have two Navy SEALs missing at sea, 
that were interdicting a fishing ship that they had intelligence that's saying it was transporting missiles from Iran to the Houthi rebels in Yemen. The Navy SEAL team did board that ship. During that boarding, one of the Navy SEALs was hit by a rogue wave, eight-foot wave, and knocked into the ocean. His swim buddy, as per their protocol, jumped in with him and have since been missing. There's an ongoing search going on with that. But as each day goes on, we know how that goes. But the mere fact they are Navy SEALs, the mere fact that if they were able to connect and find each other, survival rate increases exponentially. It doesn't mean it's guaranteed. It just means they have a better chance if they found each other. But they did find missile parts from Iran headed to Yemen that are being shot at our ships, that are being shot at shipping lanes. Now, it might not sound a lot. Hey, what do we care about the Red Sea? What do we care about this area over there? Well, 15% of the world's goods travel through that area. It's either a day trip through that area or it's a 40-day trip around the Horn of Africa, adding a million dollars per container ship. In fees to that. Now, you add that to 15% of the goods worldwide, that cost is going to get pushed to the rest of us. Now, a lot of us felt and saw firsthand the supply chain challenges during COVID. This will become very similar to that. When you shut off 15% of the goods, not specific goods, not where we needed masks or medical gear or things like that, everything, computer chips, um, everything. 15% of the total world goods go through this port. You're adding a million dollars in 40 days to that. It's going to start hurting everyone as we move forward. So a lot of things need to be done. We need to start in international waters inspecting any ship going or coming from Iran. We need to institute sanctions back in Iran. We need to cripple their oil industry. We need to add the Houthis, which we already did, to a terrorist watch list. And... Send a clear and concise message that if you shoot at us, we are going to destroy your infrastructure. And not just hit a tent in the desert. Not just hit a vacant missile launcher because our commander-in-chief gave them 12-hour warning before we struck it. Um, Those are the things that, that really bite in that area. Those are the things that send a message short of taking out one of Iran's nuclear reactors. That actually we built for them in the 1980s, by the way. So, you know, maybe that's on the table if they want to continue this recklessness. It's been done before, and Iran has backed into their corner. That's as simple as that. It's done under the Reagan administration. It was done under the Trump administration. Uh, Clinton, a little bit, but, you know, still sent a a clear and strong message that it wasn't going to be tolerated. Um, With the Iran hostage crisis, not so much under Carter. But once Reagan got in... You saw those hostages come home real quick. And the part that we're forgetting is there's still eight American hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza that you don't hear much of our media talking about. Why is that? If this was any other country, any other time, any other place, American hostage held somewhere would be talked about on a daily basis. But it just seems to go by the wayside. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 19 degrees and mostly clear outside on this Wednesday, January 17th, 2024, 546. Hopefully you're done with your day. Hopefully you're on your way home, home, still listening, of course. I hope you find the information valuable. Uh, Before we wind down the show today, I just want to talk. The USS Ford aircraft carrier came into port today and docked in Norfolk back at its home port. Uh, Two days ago, its air squadrons, the fighter squadrons that were assigned to that 
uh, were able to make it home to uh, Naval Air Station Oceana, which is just next to Norfolk, uh, about 20 minutes away on the coast. Uh, so those fighter squadrons were able to get home. Uh, yesterday, the helicopter squadrons returned to Naval Air Station Norfolk to reunite with their families. And today, the entire aircraft carrier itself, the USS Gerald R. Ford, um, came into port, posted some pictures on my uh, social media of it coming into port and landing where 5,000 sailors and Marines were able to disembark the aircraft carrier after eight months at sea. Eight-month deployment, it was extended from six months to eight months due to the crisis in the Middle East, uh, finally came home. And uh, eight months is a long time. Think of not seeing your life. I know there's a lot of people who listen out there who've been in the military, so it's, it's nothing different for you. But think about not seeing your family for eight months. Not, I mean, you'll see them on FaceTime, Snapchats, or whatever they do there. Talk to them. But as far as not physically holding them, seeing them, you know, kids that were born, even if you came home for your child's birth for a day or two and had to leave again, your child's now eight months old. Oh, I'm almost scooting, crawling, soon to be walking. I mean, think if you're, you left when your child was, uh, you know, six months old or they're, they're walking and talking now. Uh, it's just incredible, uh, the sacrifice that they make. And put yourself in that position, eight months. And I know you'll say, well, they signed up for it. They did this. They did that. Yeah, it, it, they did sign up for it. But it is a sacrifice that most of us will never know. As a matter of fact, 99% of us will never know. And uh, my thanks and gratitude goes out to them. And welcome home to the USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group, who's back in Norfolk, back on American soil, back home. Hopefully eating, you know, whatever hamburger they wanted or drinking the beer or whatever their milkshake from wherever they wanted to get it from, depending on how. Because some of these kids are only 18, man. Incredible. Let's go to the phone now. We have uh, Harry from Pittston. Harry, what's going on today? Hey, hey, Rob. Good to hear your voice down there. I've been away a little bit on some hunting trips and out on my farm that I have in Ohio. But I'm back in Pennsylvania, and one of the first things uh, today, I ordered my uh, mail-in ballot to be delivered to me so I can vote. But I want to commend you for what you say about the military, having been prior service myself down there. You're not holding your loved ones for periods of time like that, eight months. And I'm glad they're back because I have a master chief, I believe, that's on one of the ships that just came in down in Norfolk, friend that graduated with my son. But I called today because of uh, the thoughts that went through my mind over filling out my mail-in ballot here in Pennsylvania, and particularly growing up in the hill section of Scranton and loving this area. I moved back to this area after retiring from law enforcement and military service also. Uh, I, I can't believe that this entire area went with the Democratic president that we have today. This man couldn't lace the boots of 90% of the men in the military today. And what he has done, I just encourage every Democrat, if there's any of them listen, I know you tune us out, just do your research. Find out what this man said in Cambodia with Pol Pot. He failed there. Find out what he said with Neptune Spear. He failed there. And what he did in Afghanistan was get 13 of our soldiers killed because of the way he did this. And my problem also lies with Miley and Austin. There's no fifth-star generals out there. These men should have resigned. They both will confirm that the president disregarded their advice to not do this. There were 
they were turning this over to the Taliban and they were not in compliance. And if they researched to what Trump had told the Taliban, that if they made any aggressive moves, there would they would pay. This is where we cannot elect this men, the men that serve this country. Now, I don't know how they can keep their chin up and their head up and their chest out other than the fact that the esprit de corps that we have. And it's instilled in you from your day one that you sign up and you make this commitment and your love for your country and that generational families that serve in that. It's a disgrace to have this man leading him. And I'm just so frustrated. And today you declare that the Hodes are terrorists, irregardless if they're terrorists. They should have been taken out violently. You do not destroy a port or a travel way in the world that every multiple country needs to help us to be economically and fiscally and food supply chain secure. I just hope Not that, to mention targeting our warships. It's as simple oh, as that. that. They're sitting ducks. They're yeah. sitting ducks over there in the, in the sea. People don't realize how small an area that really is. That's a choke point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. You said you just got back into the area. I don't know if you will listen while you're out of the area. Uh, a common guest on this show is Commander Kurt Leopold. He was the skipper of the USS Cole when it was attacked in 2000. Uh, uh, he's been on my show many times. He's a good friend now. I, um, have, I have heard him on here. I listen to you. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he, he said that you know Austin is in the position he's at because simply things didn't go wrong when he was in charge, when he was a four-star. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that doesn't mean he's tested. It doesn't mean he's proven. It doesn't mean how, I mean, we're seeing how he is under, under hostile, you know, conditions because we really haven't responded much at all. Uh, and then he goes AWOL without telling anyone, um, regardless oh. of the decision. You know, I wish him the best with his health, but you just don't disappear and don't tell the commander in chief, especially when we're being shot at multiple times a day. Um, I, isn't there a UCMAJ that's got to go after that? Yeah, there there is, but do you think you and gonna... I know what well, you and yeah. I know what I'm talking about? That's that's a code. Listen, if you if you were an E one somewhere and right. you were missing for a day, you you'd spend some quite some time in the brig. But no, now, I... <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. Spirit and World Spirit. I'm telling you, I, I just can't believe it. That 13 of the precincts up in Lackawanna, where I grew up, all went with this clown. It just drives me crazy down here and i love this area i i I love this area as you did and and, and do and i have a family here still to this day and they're just sitting here you know i i just can't believe that we would go down this road again is your vitriol and your hate of another man if he even if he wins it you know that's what i'm scared of he gets the nomination and then then that that the things happen again where he he loses i want a winner in there I, i i want the the house cleaned out i want the senate cleaned out let's put some people in there there's good minds and there's good men that are out there and and another thing is uh, if we don't get back to just the principles of the bible and christ we are doomed we are doomed irregardless whether well a few weeks ago someone on the radio called this this fig, fictional story of jesus and stuff okay let's just look at the book of proverbs and, and read it and tell me that the values in there aren't something that you should stand for you know that's some of the things that I, that I just feel that you know I I believe in God and I believe that he he has a great plan and that all things are going to be fine but uh, this country needs to fly right everything that's attacked the nuclear family religion regardless of what that religion is you know our country our nation proud to be proud to serve our nation and you know, all the things that 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 they they say make us uh, radicals I guess at this point in stage um, but, uh, yeah magna a magna yeah it's 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 you, what's interesting is it's what what's Biden's approval rating about 30% right now 33% yeah. I think at the lowest it's ever been 
it's going to be interesting to see how the people of Northeast Pennsylvania vote this time around. Are they, they gonna have, Are they gonna send the country into a brick wall with a 30, 33 percent approval rating of a Joe Biden simply because they doesn't don't like the way a man speaks, the way a man talks, what he does? I mean, it was broken down yesterday. You know, what did Donald Trump really do when he was president? As far as the bad things, you know, he created really good policy. Yes, he made some bad decisions with personnel. Uh, he had some really good tax breaks. Uh, policy was very good. Secured the border. And yeah, from November till about January, he said some really stupid things and there was a riot. Um, Look at what we've gone through in the past three years already here. Unbelievable. It is just unbelievable. Well, you know, you know, I'm an optimistic person, you know, and I have faith and, uh, you know, you try and do right every day, Rob. And I really appreciate what you do on on the show. You know, I, I admire your voice, even though you're a Navy man. Go Army. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping you don't get Belichick. <laughs> right? He, yeah, he's I got know. Us, We need it. We need it. But we'll see. Harry, thanks for All joining right. us. i got to uh, end the show soon. God bless, brother. Thank you. It's uh, 556 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this uh, Thursday. No, Wednesday. Wednesday. January 17th. Like I said, it's been a long day. I was up early, uh, headed down to Scranton. I uh, was glad I was at the press conference, got the updates so I could bring it to you guys. I had a great luncheon with the Scranton Kiwanis Club. Again, check them out at Scranton Kiwanis Club on their Facebook page. You want to see what they're about. 18 degrees, mostly clear outside. Coming up on 6 o'clock now. Uh, just be thankful we have law enforcement out there like we do here in Northeast Pennsylvania. They're doing an outstanding job. God bless, be safe, and I'll see you guys again tomorrow.